I learned that putting the right food in my body made a difference in how I was performing and how I was feeling. So I took this with me into college, not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life, but I always kind of loved working out, loved, you know, making healthy food choices and was eventually, you know, kind of talked into, hey, Paul, you should get your personal training certification. And I remember like, hey, why not get paid to do what you love to do? You like interacting with people, you like talking about food and exercise. And I still remember to this day sitting in my dorm room, it's so long ago, it's funny to think about studying for that exam. There was one single chapter in that book that was dedicated to sports nutrition. And that was my aha moment. They say that life is full of opportunities, right? So why are so many of us dreading getting out of bed to face another day? I know what that's like. My life was full of conflict, stress, failure, and fear. When I got cancer for the second time, my choice was simple, change or die. Today, I love waking up. I love my life. I love owning my own business that is helping people learn and grow. So how do you unlock that kind of transformation in your life? Let's discover the answers together as we hear from ordinary people like you and me and their extraordinary success stories. My name is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow. Welcome, everyone, to the show today. I have a very special guest for you, and I'm excited to talk to him about his story, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about him and who he is and and kind of what he does. So today I have on the show, his name is Paul Salter. He is a registered dietitian coach, author, and sustainable weight loss expert. He firmly believes that weight loss related challenges aren't related to lack of nutritional knowledge, but are actually objections to a deeper rooted emotional and psychologically challenges and that one won't be able to confidently sustain weight loss until those challenges are actually are acknowledged and overcome. So Paul, thank you so much uh, for being here on the show today. Tell us how did you actually come about learning all of these things? I'm guessing you probably had some challenges of your own. So tell us a little bit about your story. Yes, Anna, thank you so much for having me. And the first challenge that really got me on the path of where I am today is imagine a 17-year-old athlete, multi-sport athlete, yet he is a whopping five foot one, a hundred pounds, and all of his friends and competitors are 50, 60, 70 pounds bigger than him and at least a foot taller than him. And it was through the multifaceted challenges that a very late growth spurt uh, provided me with that I quickly recognized that I needed to be as resourceful as possible when it came to trying to keep up with my peers who were bigger, stronger, and faster at every, uh, every avenue. So what I was fortunate enough to find was that the food I ate somehow didn't quite connect the dots until a little later, but it enabled me to be the last one at the end of the practice who was winning the sprint competitions, who could survive the two a days in the summer heat and still come back the next day and able to perform well. So a hunch, a gut instinct, my mother's wonderful teaching and the great job she did raising me, whatever it is, I learned that putting the right food in my body made a difference in how I was performing and how I was feeling. So I took this with me into college, not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life, but I 
always kind of loved working out, loved, you know, making healthy food choices and was eventually, you know, kind of talked into, hey, Paul, you should get your personal training certification. And I remember like, hey, why not get paid to do what you love to do? You like interacting with people, you like talking about food and exercise. And I still remember to this day sitting in my dorm room, it's so long ago, it's funny to think about studying for that exam, there was one single chapter in that book that was dedicated to sports nutrition. And that was my aha moment. Like, oh, there is actually like an industry, a field where people do pay attention to what other people eat to help them perform, feel and look their best. And that led to me immediately changing my major or declaring a major the next day and put me on the path to becoming a dietitian and what has led me to where I am today. Wow. Wow. What a story. So with through your own personal challenges, and like you said, just your, probably your mom's instinct and, and teaching you and helping you along the way. I really love that. Cause you know, we, as moms, we try our best. We all do a great job. <laughs> I'm always so preaching the eat healthy kind of thing too. So I get that. Um, but I love that you just kind of were aware of that. And then all of a sudden you have this aha moment as you're in college and you're learning and, and so did you just know that that was, it was almost like it was calling to you? Like to learn I did. Hard? And here's the thing. So when, when you declare a major in dietetics, this mm -hmm. was more than 10 years ago. At that time, the only thing you do as a dietitian is you work in a hospital, you're a clinical dietitian. I knew right away from my first day interning in a hospital, that was not the place I wanted to spend the rest of my life. I wanted to return to that. How can I help people perform better, look better, feel better? And at the time, believe it or not, this was, I'm thinking early around 2009, 10, there were only seven sports dietitians across all professional sports and a handful more in the entire NCAA. So, I mean, think how many teams there are in college sports, you know, oh an incalculable number. So and the reason I share that is there was no real resource or person to talk to like, hey, can I have an internship or can I apply for an internship? It just didn't exist. And, right. you know, kind of building off of the resourcefulness I developed at a younger age while I eventually grew up, and I can proudly claim six feet now, uh, is that I just started reaching out to people. There were, like I said, seven dietitians. So I sent them an email and another email. And I ended up connecting with someone who was about 90 minutes from where I was, where I was attending uh, University of Maryland. And she's like, yeah, I work for George Mason University. If you want to make the drive, I can't pay you, but you can come see what I do. And Again, kind of just took her up on, on her word, developed a relationship, showed up every day, made the drive through traffic and fully was immersed. And hey, there are people helping athletes, people who want to raise their performance to the next level. There is a field for this. It will slowly grow. And you know, we fast forward today and every team has a dietitian or three. Wow. That's pretty ambitious when you're going 90 miles or 90 miles to actually do this. And you did that every day, you said? So I did it twice, once or twice a week, depending on the week for a Okay, year. I thought you said every day. I thought, goodness, <laughs> that's a lot of driving. But that's still a lot of driving for, you know, once or twice a week. So, so you learned from someone that obviously was really good at what she was doing because she was one of the seven or however many were saying that there were, not very many. So how did that kind of spur you to, to do, was she doing online or no? 
No, so she was purely at George Mason University working like firsthand one-on-one -on -one with the athletes, the coaches, the entire sports performance staff. And through that wonderful internship opportunity, I was introduced to another one of the select few dietitians, which spawned another a paid internship. You know, I was that was in Virginia, then I was in Indianapolis for this, doing a six-month internship working with those college athletes who were preparing to take the next step in preparing for the NFL by competing in the NFL combine and slowly started, you know, making the right connections. Very fortunate to work with such wonderful women. Um, that's the that's the neat thing too, is at the time. 90% of clinical dietitians and all of the sports ones I encountered where it was a, it was a female dominated industry, which was really, you know, new and interesting. Yeah. And I, I met wonderful women who kept connecting me and that eventually led me to a university that believe it or not had two full-time sports dietitians. And I landed a sponsored internship there a couple of years later. Nice, nice. So you really dove in and learned from so many different ones. It sounds like you would just were immersed in it and, and really got to know it. So how did you get to the point to where you realized that emotions play so much a part of us, you know, our weight and what's going on? Yeah, so while all this was happening that I just shared, I was actually preparing and I ended up competing in a bodybuilding competition. And I remember as arduous as that preparation was, what was harder was after the competition was over was how do I regain some semblance of normalcy? What does normalcy even look like now that I've you know gone through this incredible challenge? And that's where I really started to encounter for the first time uh, a lot of the psychological and emotional challenges related to my relationship with food, my relationship with dieting, my relationship with food in the presence or company of others. There was many times during the preparation that I was saying no to social occasions, no to spending time with family and friends if it revolved around food for all of the naive and wrong reasons many moons ago. And that I still remember that summer was very challenging for me. I felt so much like resistance. I could physically feel it, but I couldn't express what I was feeling because I, it was just such foreign territory to me. It was very new. And you know, that was a turning point in my own personal journey for many reasons. And it's something that as I started coaching others and seeing how they began to feel after a dieting phase, I recognized it was a huge gap in the industry of like, how do we help, you know, coach people and teach them what emotions they're feeling, help normalize those emotions, and then help them to better understand and potentially either rewire their thoughts or reframe their thoughts so that they can view the next steps in a positive light and redefine normal on their own terms. Wow. Wow. This is great. Um, so I work in the healing industry as well. And so yeah. I deal with emotions so I can totally understand and know that emotions do affect us in not only physically, emotionally, and mentally in all kinds of different ways. Um, so do you, when you take somebody through a process, do you kind of find out some of maybe their traumas or some of the things how do you uh how do you find out those things yeah absolutely so early on we we will identify look to identify 
some red flags to further explore. And this comes to, you know, an onboarding questionnaire, of course, but mainly through back and forth conversation and, and the mm-hmm. getting to know each other part of the journey. And where I really would, you know, it kind of appears, in, you know, organically at this point in my journey, but where I really look to focus my time and attention is what is their relationship with food like? Are they viewing foods as good and bad, evil, et cetera? What is their relationship with the scale like? Where, and, and then I seek to understand why do they believe these things? What is the origin of those limiting beliefs? And that ultimately is going to put us on a pursuit to understand the origin of those limiting beliefs. And the way we tackle that might be through pure conversation. It might also be bringing in an element of a guided meditation, hypnotherapy to allow them to create a very relaxed state in which they're comfortable trusting their gut, trusting what comes from the unconscious to the top of mind. So they can bring awareness like, oh my goodness, that comment to me at the age of five or the age of nine really became what I like to call a toxic turning point in said relationship with food, dieting, or most importantly, maybe even myself. And that is how we bring awareness to it before we can ultimately seek to understand, forgive, and then change. Yeah, for sure. Uh, It reminds me, (laughs) and this isn't about me, but I'm going to share this story real quick. I had a client that had a uh, fetish of cheese and I did the same thing, hypnotherapy with her. And uh, it was pretty simple and easy. And we just went through this process and, and kid you not, she just quit. Like she, it's not like she didn't eat cheese at all, but it, she said it was weird. It was like, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. So, so we have these, and, and if you can get down to what you're doing, where you're getting down into that emotional, excuse me, that emotional side of what is really underlining in there. Oh my gosh. That's like huge, huge, huge breakthroughs. So I'm guessing that you have a lot of clients that are having some major breakthroughs of maybe even some awareness they didn't even realize they had, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, the funny theme of feedback we've received in our community and coaching lately is that when you know, most of my clients come to me, they want to lose weight yesterday. You know, they want to lose 20 pounds yesterday. And I am the one who gets to have the wonderful conversation telling them they are not prepared, whether it's physically, emotionally, mentally, or all three to even begin a diet right now. We're not even going to worry about losing weight until we get, you know, our foundation of healthy eating habits and thought process and self-talk in place. And Mm -hmm. then when those people do get to a dieting phase, They tell me it's easy for the first time in their life. They don't feel like they're dieting. They've cultivated this true sense of ownership and have really adapted a lifestyle. And they laughed to me like, I knew how to do this all along, but now things that they use the word, it's finally clicked for once. And it just feels natural. And that is, you know, it's so incredible to hear as I'm sure you can relate to. Oh, for sure. For sure. And when you get to that point, yeah, where it's almost like, gosh, you know, you can still eat a lot. It doesn't mean that you can't, as a matter of fact, I'm, I have a personal trainer right now and, and he's got me on tons of protein and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I've never ate that much protein before, but it's so important when you are, you know, working out and lifting and doing some, I have some specific goals that I'm trying to meet. And so, um, but I remember thinking, oh my goodness, like, how can I eat that much? But, you know, and I think that's the misconception that people don't realize is that you can eat a fair amount of food. It's just eating the right foods (laughs) because, you know, and then it's, 
almost like, especially vegetables. I mean, they have very little calories in vegetables. So if you just eat the right foods, you're, you're going to be okay. Right. So I'm sure that you go out of that in your um, process. So if somebody was struggling, let's just say they're struggling with their weight, they're trying to lose the weight. They've probably been on this yo-yo diet, I'm guessing. Um, and so they'll lose the weight, but then they gain it right back. So this is what you're talking about here. You're saying that is that emotional part that just keeps raising its ugly head up and surfacing again. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And here, here's the thing I really like to, to share with you know anyone who's willing to listen, but specifically those I work with is from a very young age, we're taught how to eat healthy. We know the difference between not so healthy and healthy. We even know the difference between an appropriate portion size for us and a not so appropriate portion size, one of those fun meals or days. So anything related to nutrition knowledge is not a reason we struggle with weight loss, weight maintenance, and regaining the weight we work so hard to lose. There's got to be something deeper, which, you know, as you're alluding to, and, and we've, we've talked about already, it's something deep in here in the heart or in the mind that is, you know, projecting itself in the form of struggle struggling to lose weight, these self-sabotaging behaviors continue to rear their ugly head. And it's not until we bring awareness to the origin of those that we can truly make significant lasting progress that will lead to us, you know, solving all of our weight-related challenges. And that's the key right there, lasting change, because, you know, you can lose the weight, but you want it to stay off. And you want to be healthy and you want to be in a healthy mindset. So I'm guessing you also work on mindset and, and verbiage. And it sounds like a lot of those things because, you know, what we say also affects how we feel. So, um, so tell me if somebody was to want to know more about what you do and they need help, they've tried everything else, they've struggled to keep the weight off, how would they get a hold of you and um, find out more about what you have to offer for them? Yeah, the best place would be to connect with me on Instagram. That's where I really like to not only educate, but entertain, inspire, and really connect with people. And that is simply at Paul Salter Coaching. Paul Salter Coaching. Okay, perfect. At Paul Salter Coaching. Got it. All right. Well, I'll have to check that out too, because I love tips and, and ideas as well. So it sounds like you give a lot of really cool things. Um, I always ask my guests that's on my show too about, you know, what was the one thing that really like made the biggest difference for you in your, your transition or your change? for those that are having issues right now, and maybe there's one thing they can do that might help them at this time. Could you share with them what that might be? Yeah, so the biggest thing that I have become exposed to was recognition that I myself and all of my clients can attest to this are not, or should no longer suffer in silence. Mm -hmm. There are so many people out there who are going through if not the exact same challenges and frustrations, eerily similar ones. And when we suffer in silence, we remove all sense of hope. And without hope, we become 
deeper down the rabbit hole of frustration, despair, and it's just a very grim and bleak picture. But if we can voice our feelings, even if it's not to somebody, it's on paper and get them out of in here and out into the ether of the world, that opens up a limitless number of doors to connect with someone who can help, who relate, or just simply listen. And the power of that is just you know incalculable and invaluable. Mm. I, I really love that too, because speaking it, like you said, even if it's not to the person on paper, that's just as powerful, um, being able to just get rid of that energy that's kind of stuck there. So such a great technique. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and, you know, is there anything that you would like to share more about your business that we haven't talked about that, that you'd like? I know you're online, right? Mm-hmm. So anyone from anywhere could work with you. So Bingo. awesome. And um, you also have a website. Is that right? That you. Yes. Um, just simply the Okay. And you also have a 11 tips to maintain. Is that like a freebie? A book? Bingo. Or... Uh, yeah. A quick, easy, digestible guide that highlights, you know, what I have gleaned from helping more than 1400 one-on-one clients over the years, lose significant weight and keep it off. What 11, you know, standout features, characteristics, or habits they have organized in an easy to consume, easy to apply manner. Oh, wow. That sounds amazing. And if you've worked with that many people, you obviously see some patterns and some things that are pretty consistent among the the ones that are, you know, all the clients that you have. So that sounds fascinating to me as well. I'll, I'll probably check that out too. I love to, all the people that I have on my show, I love to see what they have going on. It's so fun. Um, so Paul, we appreciate you being on the show today. Your message and your, your story um, of, of your struggles and being able to then take that and now help other people it, isn't it such a wonderful thing? It's incredible. <laughs> and just, it just keeps on giving in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're working from your true purpose when you are in that space. So uh, I really love that. I feel like you have been called to do what you're doing and, and that's why there's been so many that have had great results. So that's wonderful. Thank you again, Paul, for being on the show today. And um, for those of you that um, want to know more about or want the links for these, we'll make sure we put them in the show notes for you. So look for those so that you can easily um, get to his website and to his freebie book. And uh, Paul, thank you again for being on the show today. We appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for having me. This is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a review now and I will give you a free download of my blessed morning. This is something that is worth so much. It's what I use to get past my past, if you know what I mean. Until our next show, thank you again for joining us. This is Donna Gammon and this is Power to Grow. Thank you.